Hey, my name is Richard. I've been married to Floor for three years, and、um, we've been having a very interesting relationship. And glad to share everything about it with you. Our story is unique, like any other relationship, and it's,、uh, in my eyes, a match made in heaven. Welcome to I Testify Conversation Station, available on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcast platforms. Today's topic is newlyweds finding a rhythm. Is the work of a lifetime. Those who marry enter a school from which they are never in this life to be graduated. By Ellen G. White. I was、uh, in a short vacation trip、uh, for a weekend, and I happened to be at Bronte, which is the church that Richards、um, is a member of, and.、Um, That Saturday morning, I walked into the church. He was teaching Sabbath school, but we didn't really met that day. We met the next day at a trip that the church has planned,、um, and we went to、um, a day trip to Thirty Thousand Islands. Right? Yes. Let me let me just、uh, fill in some gaps here. So before Flor even came to Canada,、um, I was sort of in a rocky relationship with the Lord.、Um, I think I didn't read my quarterly for at least six months. I wasn't reading my Bible, and it was a month coming up into、um, when we first laid eyes on each other at the church, as she said, where I felt the Lord impressing me. You know, you have to go back into the Word.、And、I was trying to do things in my own strength. I was trying to holler at girls, so to speak, and、um, just trying to do things on my own. And I just felt the Lord saying one Friday night, Richard, like, what are you doing with your life right now? You know better than this. And I honestly read the quarterly for the first time, front to back, in one hour、um, for that day specifically, that week. And I was participating in the church service. This was a week before Floor came to Canada, and I was participating so much that the superintendent was like, "Rich, we haven't seen you in so long. How are you doing?" And I was like, "Well, I'm good." And she said,、well, "Can you teach next week?"、And、I was like, "Really? Normally, I'd be in the youth class. I'd be downstairs, and so I would, I would never be in the adult class." So、I'm, I reluctantly said yes. So obedience,、uh, I said yes and decided to teach the class, and that's where she said that she came into the classroom for the adult class, and I was teaching. And I remember as soon as she walked in the room, it, she completely took me off guard because I was like, "Who, who is that?" And I had to look at the other side of the the pews because it was sort of distracting. And as she said in that afternoon,、um, they had a、uh, nursing home visit. Yeah. Right. And for some reason, she went there. And before I left that Sabbath,、um, someone had asked me, "Hey, can you go to the nursing home and、uh, volunteer to do the devotion?" I was like, "I've been working night shift. I'm dead tired. It's the last thing I want to do. I want to go home and sleep." I felt the Lord saying, "Be obedient."、Um, but before that, I had actually gone up to the gentleman that you came with,、uh, Kendall, and I asked him, "You know, who's your daughter?" Thinking that was <laughs> think that was his her dad, but、yeah. that was it turns out to be her friend. I don't think he's older to be. Like as old to be my dad, though. <laughs> absolutely not, Kendall. Absolutely not. But I, I just ask out of、uh, respect.、Um, he didn't really say much to me, and I saw Eduardo, our mutual friend. I tried talking to him about you, and he kind of brushed me off. I don't know why, but I reluctantly went to the nursing home. And then, as I'm doing the devotion, she walks in, and the first thing that comes to my mind is, what manner of woman leaves her house in a different country and goes to volunteer at a nursing home? At the church, and that caught my eye. I was like,、mm, "What's going on here?" So before we left the nursing home, I tried to talk to her, but I didn't get any chance to. 
And she said the next day there was a trip to 30,000 Islands for the seniors trip of all things. And before I left the nursing home, Shahida, a friend of ours, came up to me and said, Rich, can you take pictures and be the photographer for the trip? And I was like, Lord, I need sleep. You know I need sleep. I'm working night shift tomorrow. And I reluctantly again said yes. And lo and behold, she went on the trip. Yeah. So uh, in the whole day, we got into talking. um, And uh, I remember that in order for him to send me the pictures that he took, so we exchanged numbers. And uh, yeah, one thing led to another, as you guys said. There's another gap in there I'll fill in from my perspective. I was a photographer, so I'm going around taking pictures of everyone, hoping for my chance to get a chance to talk to her, right? So I'm taking pictures of different groups, and I finally get to her, and I said, Eduardo, introduce me to your friend. And finally, I hear, oh, this is my friend Flor, you know, and I made introductions. We had a chance to briefly talk before we boarded the, the boat for that day, right? Yeah. And uh, on the on the boat, I'm thinking to myself, Lord, what am I going to do? I want to further the conversation. And I just felt this presence saying, peace, be still, just just be still. I got this. I was like, but Lord, I need to do this now. I may not see her again. This is like the third chance, you know, three times a charm, all that good stuff they say in the romantic world. I was just thinking, like, I need to make a move. I need to make a move. And Lord just like, be still. And so I was like, I know, I know what I can do. I have my camera, I can go around, I'm going to take pictures of everyone, then eventually go to her like I did before, and then we can spin up a conversation. So for some reason, my Canon T2i, which was almost brand new at the time, fully charged, I had two batteries, it gave me a weird error on both batteries. And I've never seen this error before, I've never seen it since, and it wouldn't work. And the Lord just like em- emphasized in my heart, be still and know that I am God. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, all right. So I'm sitting by myself now um, on this boat. We're all boarded. And Lord, I'm like, Lord, what should I do? He's like, worship. And I literally started singing, Jesus loves me, this I know. It sounds weird, but I just felt the Spirit of God come on me. I'm singing, Jesus loves me. And I'm by myself. All the little children started coming around me from the church, like our youth and our you know little kids. And they're playing, and they're behind me, in front of me, beside me. And their parents are close by, and they're just hanging out, having fun. And I see Floor walk by. I'm like, Lord, is that my chance now? And Lord's like, no, it's be still. And eventually she ends up, you know, sitting close by and I kind of turn around and I glimpse her and kind of give her a look and we make eye contact. Then I say to the young man beside me, Josiah, I'm like, Josiah, do you mind if the young lady uh, sat beside me? And he's like, why? I'm like, I kind of want to talk to her. I think she, you know, she's kind of cute. And so he's like, oh, okay, okay. So he gets out of the way and I turn around and say, oh, you want to come over here? We can talk. And she sat beside me, I think for two hours. Something about that. Two hours uh, for the rest of the trip on the boat. We just sat there and we connected and we spoke. And when I looked into her eyes, I'm not sure if it was the sun that was shining that day, but I could literally see a reflection of of myself. But more so, I just felt that, Lord, there's something here that I need to investigate. And the thing is that I wasn't trying to work game. I was talking about Jesus. Like, you can can share, like, what the conversation was about on the boat. Um. I don't really remember, to be honest. I know that we spoke for the rest of the trip. And um, as we went back to our uh, departing point, we uh, exchanged numbers. And uh, that was it till I got back to the Dominican Republic. Before, uh, when did you know you were the one? Um, well, it was a long process for me because 
I was in a long distance relationship before and it didn't work out the way I was expecting to. Um, so I was kind of reluctant to engage in a new long distance relationship. Um, and I had my reservations as well um, because, you know, different cultures, different people, um, there are many things to be considered. And um, at the time, we just kept on talking. And I remember telling him once uh, that he didn't have to preach me because he will be talking about Jesus all the time. And I was like, I'm on your team. I'm already Christian. You don't have to preach to me. Um, but yeah, months after, we decided to, to take a trip together and to be together. But we wanted a neutral place to go. Like, I didn't want him, him to go to the DR and visit me or my family. And I didn't want to come here again and visit his family. So we decided to go. <laughs> so we decided to go to, um, to Houston. Yeah, we went to a GYC conference. Yeah. Um, and uh, everything went well For there. For those of you listening, it's an annual Adventist youth conference with thousands of young people from around the world. And our friends were going, so she had separate rooms, I had separate rooms, and we had opportunity to, to connect and, and spend time with each other. But just to, to back up before that time, uh, in a long-distance relationship, it's very difficult. But I think one thing it did for us is that it forced us to communicate because it literally we're on WhatsApp all day, texting back and forth and like talking to each other in the nighttime. And I think for me, you know, and you know, I know you haven't said it yet, you know, when was that time you knew? But for me, as a, I don't know what it was, but I think in the first couple of days, I said, this sounds weird, but um, I think I want to marry you. And I started quoting Proverbs 31 and all these different scriptures and all these different things, kind of going a, a little too aggressive, a little too much. But um, looking back, I think God was leading us in the right direction. And one thing that we had uh, chosen to do together was read a little book. What was the book called? Love, letters to young lovers letters to young lovers that is a beautiful book and, and short it's very short and sweet so we read like a chapter a day or whatever yeah. and i remember going to fedex i was broke and i think i got the book in spanish for you right i don't know why but yeah you got it in spanish but yeah. i could read english obviously yeah so i got her copy in spanish i got one for me in english and i fedex it i remember it was like 150 dollars i was like lord what is going on here? It's like, just a, just a small because sacrifice. Because it was coming from Spain, literally. <laughs> it's a small sacrifice, but we worth it. So we got that book and we were reading that every day uh, during our devotion time until we met at GYC uh, that year. Yep. Yeah. Um, so for me, it was kind of impressive. Um, the fact that I kind of wanted to keep certain distance between uh, him and my family, even though they knew I was talking to him. Um but he introduced me to his aunt and his cousins the very first trip, meaning our very first date, right? Technically, yeah. And for me, that was uh, kind of impressive and it touched my heart because it, it um, made me understand that um, we were not just moving in accordance to, to our feelings, you know, and the way that we uh, thought things should um should go, but we, we also kind of establish a seriousness in our relationship. And I think that is key when it comes to long distance relationship, because it's not like you're, you know, uh, going out every weekend or attending activities together and getting to experience things um, together, uh, because it's, it's simply not a reality. It's not there because you're 
separate by distance, in this case, many, many kilometers. Um, so the fact that he introduced me to his family, I, I saw the seriousness of their relationship. And, you, and I said, you know, I don't know if this is the one, but I want to try it. Amen. Amen. There's a quote I like to read. It's a short line. Um, it says that marriage is something that will influence and affect your life both in this world and in the world to come. And I think that's something we picked up from um, Letters to Young Lovers to recognize that we're not just courting um, for, you know, the 120 years, so to speak, or a full life on this earth. It's something that we're looking forward to establishing um, for eternity. And another thing that stood out from that book was about the novelty of the relationship because that was something that was mentioned so many times. Yeah. And in, in, in communicating with each other, I remember driving to work working night shift when I was just started the cleaning company and floor is what kept me going when I was dead tired and I had my my cleaners in the car I didn't have headphones at the time couldn't afford them and I just had her on the on the speakers and and the entire car could literally hear a conversation every night five days a week and I didn't care I was like I don't business there's nothing here that I'm gonna hide I thought he had headphones (laughs) I don't, you know, it's, it is what it is. And everyone's like, everyone's just like listening, like, oh, wow. You know, and like it's a life movie. But to me, it was just like, that was my inspiration for the night. She would pray with me before we started the shift. And I just felt super energized, even though the work was grueling and though it was tiring and it just kept me going, just her voice in my head. And I remember the nights where she was working or we couldn't have that call. I felt, I felt a little empty inside. And so I praise God for those little moments that have brought us how many thousands of miles where we are today. Amen. So we met here, right, in Canada, as I mentioned, as we mentioned, and uh, we decided to get married a year after. Um, so we courted for a year. Yeah. Um, and then we got married on the same day that we had our um, boyfriend and girlfriend anniversary, but we didn't move in together. And it was a very small wedding in Canada, just to have um, the paperwork done because then we will have to do some process for immigration and stuff like that. Um, So we decided that we will get married. We didn't actually publish that event because we were having our wedding celebration the next year about... um, about eight months later, right? Yeah, July first, Canada. Yeah, so so we have two anniversaries. Yeah. Um, so that happened. Um, eight months later, we had our wedding celebration, and then I didn't end up moving to Canada until eight months later. Yeah. Um, so from July to March, the next year, I was still in the DR. So Flora, just to, just to back up, Flora is a doctor by trade. She managed an NGO in the DR, and she was super busy with work. And she had just been held responsible for launching this new NGO. So she had a lot on her plate and we figured might as well stick it out, get the experience. And, um, you know, we weren't strangers to long distance relationships. (laughs) So we decided to continue the eight months. And after the eight months, uh, she sent in a resignation and uh, made the, the move. Yeah, so it was quite different for a traditional first year of marriage. Um, but I think that God has blessed us. And as he said earlier, um, having to uh, experience that long distance relationship really um, force you to communicate because this is all that you have. 
um, at, the, at the time we travel a lot, um, but it wasn't every week. So we did have to to stretch those times um, and, and- And those dollars. <laughs> <laughs> and try to spend as much time with each other. At the time we did a lot of Skype, a lot of WhatsApp video conference, a lot of texts. These are the days before Zoom, by the way. So yeah. we weren't using Zoom. <laughs> so how was that? Like, how did you integrate like work here and your lifestyle here? How did it change? Um, well, besides having the support from him, for me, has been a complete change. Um, and it's it's rough. It's like a start from zero. Um, so I have a master's also in healthcare administration, and I was hoping to um, go straight into that field. But... Um, I am working in something somewhat related to it, but it's it's just not enough. I feel like I could do more, and I am actually going to school again. <laughs> I'm studying uh, something that is also related to uh, medicine. And, Epidemiology, uh, yeah. Yeah, and I uh, will look forward to continuing um, working on that and getting gaining new experiences. So, Rich, tell us about your first year, or your first year of marriage. How was that for you? How was so? I mean, as Flora said, it was still the long distance relationship. But I mean, as a man, as you know, their needs, you know, going into details. But it taught me patience. You know that though you have the right to do certain things, doesn't mean you need to do them. And um, it just it just led me to longing for my wife. I think because. Uh, when you're so af- so apart for so long, you know all you want to do is jump into your beloved's arms, so to speak, and look forward to the next time you get a chance to see them. And, and I think it's during that time, not even so much when we're courting, but during the time where we're married, those eight months that felt like eight years, literally, because time just goes by so slowly, is that I kind of got a glimpse of what Christ might be feeling as he is the bridegroom and looking forward to us, the church, as as his bride, just wanting to connect, wanting to become one flesh, wanting to be with them, but knowing that there's this waiting process, but the waiting process has to happen in order for that next step. And so I think the Lord is just working on my heart. I think I was scrambling to work a lot to save, um, not only for our marriage, Flora is working a lot to save. So we're super busy. And um, just the, the, the move, we knew that was going to be life changing. So whether it's talking to friends before she left, you know, those last goodbyes, you know, it wasn't easy because her life was literally planted there. She went to school in the States, but all of her friends, all of her family are in the Dominican Republic. Uh, for me, most of my family aren't in the country, but I still have family here. So I know it's a lot different. So I had to understand the dynamics that, listen, like she is literally going to be um, depending on you to provide for her, to love her and to be that support system. And so I think um, during that time, for me, I was just learning patience. Uh, there's a verse that comes to mind that says, let patience have a perfect work, that you might be perfect and complete, lacking nothing. And uh, though I, I don't have all the patience yet, you know, the <laughs> Lord is still working on my heart. He's still working in our hearts. Um, I want to preface this by saying our relationship is not perfect. You know, though it may sound perfect, we have our ups, we have our downs, and we embrace that. And uh, communication is one thing that we know that we're both personally working on. And um, I don't think that it's going to end in this lifetime. 
I think it's a work that's going to continue on to eternity. And even finding out more about each other, when you look at our marriage, you have to understand that there's, you know, decades of uh, experiences colliding, uh, like it's just coming right against each other. And so in that, um, there are things you're going to find out about each other that you don't necessarily know about walking into it, but you go in with the expectation that no matter what happens, I'm here to be hunkered down for life and I'm in this, I'm not letting go. So going into section two, uh, communication and compromise. Now, Floor, um, yeah. what is, or what did you expect going in, or, you, or, you, or I guess you mentioned, you talked about communication and you guys having strong communication because you're long distance, but how did that change in when you were finally together, communication? Um, it's, it's completely different, to be honest, um, because... You know, like when you take a picture, let's say you try to get the right angle, get the right lighting, get your hair in a way, you know, just make the set perfect. Um, but when it comes to uh, being in the same place, being in the same house, um, our habits just come out because this is your home, right? <laughs> you feel comfortable. Um, so I know it's it's been a challenge for him because myself, I am uh, the youngest of a big family and I'm used to having everything served <laughs> in, a, in simpler, simple yes. uh, words, her, her let's say. Her mother like a princess, um, as she is. So um, it's, it's uh, adjusting, it's learning every day. It's, it's a daily decision to be honest. And um, you just have to have God as the center of everything that you do, of every decision. And uh, in having that daily uh, commitment to God, to yourself and to your partner. And how you mm -hmm. compromise such things. I, th I think it goes back to the initial point where you recognize you have all these experiences that are being melded into one pot. There, there are going to be situations where you don't meet eye to eye. There are situations where um, maybe I might leave my clothes on the floor and think it's okay. And she might say, you know, what's going on here? You need to, you know, pick up your stuff. <laughs> or I might be expecting her to cook. But then I think in the first year, and I'll be honest, looking back now, I, I was treating my wife almost like a maid. I, I, I am embarrassed to say that now, but honestly, I think I was. Well, I had nothing else to do. Because she was, so was doing the laundry. She was home. cooking. <laughs> she was cleaning. Um, and I just sort of expected her to do that. And it wasn't until a year in where I'm just like, why am I, why am I, she's not my maid. She's my equal. She's my rib. And I kept, I, didn't, I, I completely forgot that. And so there had to be a mindset shift. And now it's more of, you know, let's take turns doing things or let's do things together. Uh, she loves to cook. She has a channel called Mimicking Cooking. Um, shameless plug there. And, um, you know, she shares some of the meals, some of the recipes that she, um, she, she makes, and it's amazing. And so we, we tend to double down on our strengths. So whereas I might be good with finances or investments, and she might be good with cooking. I mean, I have a cleaning company. I don't like cleaning, but I'll do it. You know, I'll share the burden. I'll share the load. <laughs> and uh, we take turns doing laundry now. You know, so I think we're, we're from that year to where we are now, three years in, we're sort of looking each other eye to eye versus me looking down to her. And it's, it's been a transformative experience uh, over that time. And well, very humbling. In my defense, I have to say that I had nothing to do because I wasn't working at first and uh, just had to be utilizing my free time, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's very nice. Let's talk about feelings. Um, how do you communicate your feelings? Or how did you learn to be so 
open with it? Or, you know, how did that change from when you were courting to marriage? <laughs> Let's start with Flora. I'm always the first one. <laughs> Ladies first. Um, well, I remember when we were first uh, dating that he came to me one day with the uh, languages uh, to express your love. Do you remember that? Oh, love languages? Yes. Languages? Yeah. yeah. So he was, like, he was asking me, what is your love language? Like, what are you talking about? I came up with something. Like, I made him say what he was talking about. And then I just put something together because I really didn't know. Um, but looking back to that, I think it's very important to recognize what your strengths are and what, like, what do you like? How do you like to be treated? Um, I didn't even think about it before that. Um, and to be honest, not even a little bit <laughs> after that. But I think he has nailed it so far. I... Um, I'm used to getting too much attention from the people who uh, is around me. And although I have to work on that because I know um, the world doesn't revolve about me, around me, <laughs> um, but he he's done a great job. And um, I, I, I don't know. I don't know how to express it, but it's, it's a daily um, effort to to communicate with your partner. Sometimes you feel like you simply don't want to talk to him or you need a minute. Um, after the whole COVID thing started, for example, and I went um, back home to, to work um, from the office, not like to the DR. Um, we set up different places for our offices just because you sometimes, you know, you need your space. You need some breathing room. You know? <laughs> but um, regardless of that, it's important to... Um, say the right things and if you feel like you're not going to uh, express yourself in in the best way just pause for a moment and take a breath wait for a little while and then just say what you need to say um, one of the mottos that we've had in our relationship that flora actually um, suggested and it's a spanish phrase i might butcher this but it's una cosa a la vez Okay. Una cosa a la vez. <laughs> Una cosa a la vez. What does that mean? One thing at a time. One thing at a time. So, mm -hmm. um, and for me, it was also one day at a time. And you're gonna come with, you're gonna be faced with challenges uh, in any relationship. And but when you take it one thing at a time and you deal with that one thing in that moment, it makes the next thing that much more easier. I I know that there's times where you know if we get into an argument, um, things can tend to snowball. They can tend to grow from a little snowflake into an avalanche the longer you let it harbor, harbor in your heart or you don't express what you're going through. And this is something that we're both consciously learning day by day of how to divulge and share and express, not just in words, but in body language. Because when we're, when we're talking on the phone, like how we're used to in a long distance relationship, it's so easy to, you know, say, I love you or... Um, say nice things, but the body language could be off. Yeah. And what we're what we know now is that you know your body language, the non-paralinguistic features, is what they call it, 
has have such a big impact as well because she can be saying something and saying something and roll her eyes and I'll say, you know, did you just roll your eyes at me? And she's like, I didn't. I'm like, but you literally just rolled your I eyes at me. I do lots of gestures with my face and I'm not even conscious but of it. But the thing is that I do the same thing where she's like, yeah. why Why do you have wrinkles in your forehead right now? I'm like, uh, maybe I'm getting older. And we get that just escalate the argument. So we're, we're learning that to communicate is not just what you say, it's how you say it and also your body language. Yeah. And uh, when I look at Christ you know, as our lead example. And we, our prayer every day is, Lord, please be the center of our relationship. That's That's been our prayer from day one. Yeah. When you look at him, he's humble, he's meek, he's kind, he's long-suffering. You know, all the fruits of the Spirit you can think of, and then some, that's embodied in Christ. And so every day we're praying, Lord, please grant us your Holy Spirit. Give us the outpouring of the latter rain. Lord, please let Christ be seen in us and that we don't see each other and that we can constantly remember our first love. I think the first text message that I ever sent Floor was, hey, Floor, this is Richard from Canada. Remember your first love. That was it. So from day one, it was always about Jesus is ahead and everything else. You know, seek ye first, the kingdom of God and all his righteousness, and all these things shall be added unto you. Amen. Amen. Let's talk about romance, the last section. Mm. Uh, how did you keep the fire burning from... Uh, you know, courting and, and dating, you're like in that honeymoon phase, even if it's, you know, like physical touch or anything, but you're just like, everything is hot, you know? <laughs> How do you keep it burning as the year goes by? Um, I think it was this year or last year, I made, I made a, an Instagram post uh, for Valentine's Day, and I remember I said something like... Um, Something, something, and now every day is like Valentine's Day. Something like that, right? Yeah. And someone at church, someone who has been married for many years, he has like 18-year-old song, so he, he's been married for a while. Um, he, like that Sabbath at church, he told us so every day it's like valentine's day huh and he can like i understood the sarcasm i just laughed i don't know i play a played along um but it's it's a daily decision to fall in love again with your partner um you know the easy way or the easy answer the easy door to go it's just to say you know i'm tired this is it i'm going going my own way um, it's a daily decision, and um, one thing that we can take into consideration is that God is love, and that we don't deserve His love, and yet He died for us. So how come we made the decision to love this person, and um, after a rough patch, let's say, you just change your mind? God is not like that. God loves us all the time regardless of whatever we do or whatever we say, whatever we, whatever we go. Um, so it's a daily decision just to follow God's example and to love your significant other every day. Amen. Um, one thing that stands out for me from Letters to Young Lovers, and I go back to that book, and I highly recommend it for anyone who's single, anyone who's courting, there's a theme that keeps coming up about the novelty of a relationship. And it alludes to the fact that we need to keep the relationship fresh. 
don't let it go stale don't take each other for granted you know like as the old saying goes you know smell the roses in this case <laughs> i have a flower my wife's name literally means flower um to stop and appreciate the things that you have and we have a passion for traveling especially pre-covid um yeah. <laughs> we love going places i still have the passion post-covid <laughs> <laughs> if that time comes praise praise the lord and we we connected on on our our common ground so you know we went to france and england and italy and all these different places that we once dreamed about going and we made the sacrifice to do that not not richer you know ball and outrageous but we made the sacrifice to make those things happen and we prioritize those things yeah. in our life and um another thing is you know keeping the romance alive just last week we went out for dinner and we're on the ba- on the on the was it the balcony that balcony the patio the patio sorry the patio and we're eating and it dawned on us we haven't had this moment in almost a year possibly and it was just like wow we kind of miss this it's kind of nice and it kind of reminded us like these are the little things that kept us going that yeah. that was a flame behind the relationship where we do things spontaneously not just necessarily planning every single step but just what's what what can we do in this moment that's going to make both of us happy um for us at home we you know have dinner on the roof we had did that about a month ago well or, covid changed everything yeah so <laughs> even even during covid where it's hard to have quote unquote romance you try to make the best of what your situation is um you know have a tent inside your house or outside in your backyard or with candles or something you know uh, don't burn the tent <laughs> <laughs> yeah so it's always i think thinking outside the box and a, a, a big part of it is empathy to be able to put yourself in that person's shoes because i know floor gets up at 7 a.m and she's working till 3 34 o'clock and i know she's tired because in the morning i can see her head on the pillow wanting to sleep at work um hope your work's not watching this <laughs> But me, on the other hand, where I have my own business, I have the free time, I have the flexibility, where I can go for a hike with my buddies in the morning, which I normally do, and she doesn't have that freedom. Um, so I, I think to myself, man, I wish she could enjoy this, but she can't. So what's the compromise? Okay, let's go for a walk after work. Let's go for a hike on Sabbath. Um, you know, let's let's go for a flight to Vancouver because it's, we're still able to travel there. You know, what are the things that we can do, even during COVID, that don't restrict us, but still will draw us together and find common ground that we both can connect on. Yeah. Uh, we're just taking it day by day. My my background, as he said, it's in medicine. His background is in um, business. Um, but my recommendation above all is to love God and everything else will be added. Because when you love God, you uh, will be filled with patience. You'll be filled with understanding and uh, he will provide you with wisdom to deal with each situation that you will encounter. So just love God above all. Amen. Uh, having Christ as the center of the relationship is first and foremost. And recognizing that this, this union that we have here is symbolic for the relationship that, that Christ desires for us. And I want to read uh, from 1 John uh, chapter 4, verse 8. And it's all about love. Uh, it says that he who does not love does not know God, for God is love. And yeah. when you, if you get into relationships because a person is pretty or handsome or because they're wealthy or you know they're intelligent, you're doing it for the wrong reasons. You have to look at someone uh, from the perspective of the lens of the Christ in them. That should be the attraction. 
especially as Christians. Um, if that's not there, then your relationship's going to be, um, I guess, a little a little more challenging. You know, even though all relationships are challenging. But I also want to read to you a quote from this book called Adventist Home, uh, page 95. It says, marriage, a union for life, is a symbol of the union between Christ and his church. The spirit that Christ manifests towards his church is a spirit that the husband and wife are to manifest toward each other. If they love God supremely, they will love each other in the Lord, ever treating each other courteously, drawing in even cords in their mutual self-denial and self-sacrifice, they will be a blessing to others. And that's, that's my prayer for anyone who is watching, who is looking for advice and for wisdom when, when Christ is at the center. Even though you may quarrel, you may bicker, you may moan, you may have arguments and disagree, you still come back together because he's the glue that literally keeps every relationship going from now unto eternity. Amen. Amen. This is I Testify Conversation Station. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe. This is I Testify, and you're listening to the Conversation Station. Available on all podcast platforms.